I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Great to be with you as always. Hope you're well. By the way, maybe you've got an eye on a brand new Ford truck and you think, where shall I go to purchase said Ford truck? Well, you're going to go to Bill Curry Ford. That's what you're going to do. You're going to roll over there one mile north of the stadium on Dale Mabry Highway in Tampa and you're going to pick up your brand new Bill Curry Ford and you're going to say, thanks, Jeff and Tom for reminding me about Bill Curry Ford. Maybe you just want out of your lease. Whatever it is, go where Bucks fans go, and Bucks players and coaches often go. That's Bill Curry Ford. Bill Curry Ford has a nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. And remember GM Sean Sullivan, as I tell you every week, will assist you personally. Ask for the Joe Bucks fan discount. Check out the inventory. Find his email, billcurryford.com. Com. All right, bit of a circus week. Uh, won't spend an inordinate amount of time on uh, dumbass um, AB because I'm tired of talking about him. Um, we've already kind of summed this up. Uh, it will hurt the Bucks' offense not to have him, especially without Godwin. Our chances are likely much uh, slimmer of winning back-to-back Super Bowls now that he's no longer on the team. But I, for one, don't care as much about that. I'm glad we're rid of Antonio Brown, uh, who has revealed himself to be unstable at the very least, if you're being kind, a raging a-hole, and even a criminal at times. So, you know, goodbye. That's that. That's the end of that. He went on this, um, I guess, campaign to try to clear his name, obviously lawyered up. You know, that statement wasn't written by Antonio Brown. And moreover, um, you could look at the stuff that he posted where he seems to think that he's somehow criminalizing others involved here, but every time he posts something, it reveals those people to be the same ones uh, because he shows their texts and they're all normal. And then his stuff is the insane stuff. But that's not a shock either. Uh, You wouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, That's where we're at. Now we move forward. And I don't know how many of the the folks out there got a chance to see uh, Cyril Grayson's interview where he talked about Tom Brady being hard on him and um, you know, he was down on himself and, uh, he he basically tells the story of how he's arrived at this place now where he could be counted on by the greatest quarterback in NFL history. And he reveals the antithesis of what Antonio Brown has said about the Bucks organization, the Bucks coaches, everything about it. He, he describes a professional place in which he is nurtured, groomed in, and taught how to be a pro. And, um, he, he certainly thanks Bruce Arians and Tom Brady in the midst of that interview for being uh, the professionals that they are and the, uh, and the teachers and, the, and, and really, I think, obviously, respectively, coach and quarterback that they are. So that's a story that is simultaneous to what's going on uh, with the other guy, and it's a good one. It's one that I think if you're going to watch this run, and I know that you are, You'd be really excited to see emerge because that's a feel-good story right there. Yeah, there's a lot of that for this week because this week, you know, the first time we played Carolina, I didn't know how to feel given that we were struggling coming into the game. Kicks off about what do you think it is? A quarter, quarter and a half into that football game, it feels like a preseason. Yeah, you know, it's like it's Mm -hmm. this is just a total walkover. I expect that somewhat again, especially since the rematch, the second matchup is in Tampa, where we score a lot of points. So I find myself reflecting on the season, doing a lot of things like that, where, you know, the storyline this week that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be the lead back due to injury. Mm -hmm. All right, well, it's week 18. 
your your place is secured where you're going to have a home football game in the wild card. Chances are you're still going to win this football game anyway. All right, Keyshawn, let's see what you can do, right? All right, Cyril, let's see what you can do. Some of those guys on, on the defensive uh, the, de- the defensive backfield, excuse me, with all the injuries. One more crack at it. You are playing for the snaps that you could be getting in wild card weekend, or you could put the film out there that says we can't trust you. So that's what this is about. I know I said that last week this time on the Scuttlebucks with a potential Antonio yeah. Brown, Brashad Perryman wide receiver duo Oops. in the future for Tampa. <laughs> that lasted about 36 hours before that was proved to be completely false. Um, but the point remains that even still, there are a lot of players who are either going to get four snaps in the postseason or they're going to get 25 snaps in the postseason, and it's a crunch time. Scotty Miller, this is your last chance, Right. Rashad, this is your chance to get an expanded role. We think you're going to have one by default, but do you want to have those extra snaps, or is Cyril going to take them from you? Tyler Johnson, here's your shot. Keyshawn Vaughn, big day for you. Le'Veon Bell, are you actually going to be active on the roster if Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are healthy for the wild card round? A lot of dudes with a lot on the line this weekend. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. That's the intrigue, because that's the only intrigue, really, going into this game. Um is is who emerges, who makes the most of those opportunities, who shows that they're dependable, uh, and and who will have a larger role when we get into the postseason, which we're on the cusp of now. I'm excited about that. I'm done with the, the regular season, uh, especially once we clinch the NFC South. And really, when the Rams came back to beat Baltimore, frankly, it's kind of was like, okay, well, damn it. All right, time to move on. Let's, let's go. Yeah, because that was the best bet. I guess we could get the 49ers to win uh, over the weekend. That'd be nice. Yeah, well, and again, those are going to be in the same window. The way the NFL works this thing is if there's something on the line, they don't want you to be able to play earlier or later yeah. than the other game where there, where there's a domino effect because they want the integrity of your football game to remain as true as possible. So that's a long-winded way of saying they moved us to 425 because they couldn't move the Rams and the 49ers to 1 p.m. That's why we got bumped to the 425 slate. There are implications with the 49ers and the Rams game. I just want to be playing Philadelphia after this week is over. This is where I stand now. If we host Philadelphia as a three seed or a two seed, I don't care. Just make sure we are hosting the Eagles that first round. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, by the way, just of note, while we kind of you know always take inventory here, uh, Byron Leftwich interviewing today at the time that we're doing this uh, podcast with the Jacksonville Jaguars for the head coaching position. Uh, we wish him well. I-, I hope he gets the job. Yeah, I guess. No, sure. the reason I say that is... Uh, you want new blood in the... Yeah, uh... yeah, yeah, I'd rather... <laughs> yeah, I, I hope he gets the job. And, uh, you know, listen, for a lot of reasons, I hope he gets the job. Uh, some some being historical. But I, I, uh, I'd I like to see him get the job because I'd like to move on from him as an OC as well. Well, I find it interesting, though, because if Bruce was thinking about retiring, who would he elevate? Would he elevate right. Bowles or would he elevate Leftwich? And is this a signal that he would elevate Bowles? Well, and Bowles and has I been know that's, a head coach. That's a big supposition because maybe he doesn't retire this offseason. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much Bruce has left in the tank, how much BS he wants to put up with anymore. Well, and you could say that about life. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he made it through COVID just fine. I know. Just, it actually made him a little bit more svelte last yeah, week. I was yeah, like, you know what? Uh, yeah. you know, I'm glad you got through COVID. Hopefully you're not a long hauler. Yeah. But it looks like it might have shaved off a couple of LBs. It's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> He's going through it, man. He's had that and then the Achilles and, you know, Having he's to deal with AB, yeah, he's a cancer survivor. He's had to deal with AB. Oh, yeah, um, they, that was 50% torn. I couldn't believe that in the postgame. 
So he's asked by Jenna Lane of yeah. ESPN. You're, you're hey, did struggling you, to get around. Did yeah. you tear your Achilles? I was like, well, that's a weird question. you got to know the answer. Is, oh, yeah, 50% torn. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything I can not to have surgery. You didn't want to have surgery. And at his age or any age, really, you don't want to have surgery. It's invasive. It's never good. It's uh, If you can avoid it, that'd be great. Especially with the foot or that chain, uh, or that chain back there. Yeah, that's, that's no good. That's No, yeah, no, no dice. That's but, yeah, wouldn't you think, I mean, uh, because if, if the Jags are going to interview you for the head coaching position, it doesn't mean you have to accept it right away. But it means if it was offered to him in a week or two, I mean, would he wait for? Would he turn them down and wait for the Tampa Bay hiring if Bruce retired? You know what I mean? Like, is he going to cut off a chance at being the head coach of the Bucks? I don't. Or think- is that going to go to Bowles if Bruce retires? Yeah, I would be inclined to say that it would go to Bowles. Uh, older has already been a head coach in the league, had a stint where he could learn from his mistakes and would seem to be a more logical progression than a first-time head coach right, right. for a very veteran club. Uh, I don't think the Bucks would... Uh, that's my Yeah, it feels like Bulls turn. It, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Certainly not going to be Tom Moore. Uh, no. So, <laughs> that'd be funny. Uh, picture him leading the, out of the tunnel. <laughs> but really quickly... Uh, I wish him well, all jokes aside and all snark aside. Uh, good luck to Byron Leftwich. But, uh, but you yeah. couldn't even deliver that line without a little bit of extra. No, no, I, I, I mean that. I do. I don't have. I've probably made it sound like I don't like Byron Leftwich. I don't. I don't have that strong of an opinion. I, I'm. It's Tom Brady that's running the show on offense. So I don't really. I, I will say though, at least. I agree that Tom Brady will have final say on big picture stuff, but you go back and revisit last year's storylines and how the offense went from one thing to another, and then in December they said, screw it, we're running what we want to run, Tom. We want to throw the ball down the field, let's go. I don't know what the hell took so long. And then Brady said, I didn't know the whole offense until late in the year. I think at that point you have to look between the lines and say that Byron does deserve a lot of credit for being the bridge between Bruce and, and Tom Brady yeah. in order to get that accomplished. Now, I would have liked for the offense to be known earlier. It's a COVID year. makes it a little bit more difficult. But it, I don't think Byron did nothing. I don't think Byron was that a figurehead in which Bruce Arians was the real offensive coordinator and Tom Brady is the real general manager, so to speak. I think Byron had a big hand in what went on last year. Big hand. Yeah, I, I, I resented that it took everybody so long to arrive at what seemed to be an obvious conclusion. Now, I'm oversimplifying things, obviously, but I, I mean, you and I first guessed that in the week one, week two, week three. I'm like, what are we doing? You, you got a guy that is the greatest passer off a of play action in the history of the game, and you won't let him throw, uh, you know, won't let him throw down the field. You won't let him throw on first down. You won't give him the best chance to succeed doing what he's done better than anybody else in football for 20 years. That was annoying. That, I didn't. I didn't understand that, and and so I hold a lot of people accountable for that. At the end of the day, it didn't matter. The Bucks won the Super Bowl. They got it right. I'll shut the hell up. I mean, they won the Super Bowl. So who cares? Just as long. I was just frustrated that it took that long. Well, but if you look at the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, we had gamed some stuff up. Those were excellent game plans. Oh yeah, they really were. It wasn't just the first fifteen plays where we go down the field and it didn't even take fifteen for Mike Evans to score in Green Bay. You look at some of the calls in the second half that were either wide open and missed mm. or converted on. I'm thinking about the Godwin sweep, which was a huge play, uh, the Scotty Miller before halftime. But there are a couple of plays in the second half specifically where you go, okay, that's gamed up nicely. As well as in the Super Bowl, we had a couple of tricks up our sleeve for them, like the Leonard Fournette touchdown. That had to be on film, that we knew that we could outflank them and outpersonnel them to get Lenny a shot, and that was the score that put us up. That was our final touchdown of the Super Bowl. Uh, like, I... The one thing I want to see between now and, and the end of the run, whenever it is, 
and I'm really fascinated to talk about it. And you can't preview it necessarily. It just has to happen. This week's not going to be a good indicator. Get to the point, Tom. Okay, now AB's gone and Chris Godwin's gone. What does the offense look like? Is yeah. it more under center? Because Tom wants to run five. He wants to run empty or, or one running back. I mean, you look at the New England offense, the McDaniel offense yeah, yeah, yeah. in New England. Well, it's more efficient. Correct. But play action under center was what got us from where we wanted to go to where we had to go in the Super Bowl run last year. It was There was a lot more pro-style old-school concepts to our offense. I loved it. I did, too where you had six offensive linemen plus a couple of tights, and you're like, oh, man, all right, you're bringing it. You better mm -hmm. load the box and let's see if you can stop us. Are we going to see more of that before it's done, or are we going to go down swinging with four wide, even though that four wide might include Cyril Grayson and Tyler Johnson, and then you've got you know whatever running back next to Tom Brady? Doesn't feel like a wise idea, does it? I mean, no. you say it out loud. It doesn't sound but like a good idea, But if you look at the trend of this season's offense, that's, where we're, that's what we're going into battle with. Yeah, I, I – they, I don't know what this offense is going to be in the postseason. I don't think any of us do because, again, the numbers suggest that they're going to struggle without Godwin and then now throw in A.B. I mean, any time that those guys haven't played, it's been problematic. Um, you can't – you know, Godwin, you've said it all year long. Anybody who watches the Bucks closely knows. I mean, he's the catalyst for, for most of what we do uh, in the passing game. He's the guy that does all of the things, all the things, Right. Tough catches in traffic in the middle of the field, blocks, all the stuff. And, you know, I, I, I was devastated when we found out that that injury was going to require surgery and that he'd be out the rest of the way. Before any of this other nonsense happened, I thought, that's probably the death now. I don't think we can win back-to-back -back Super Bowls without him. I, I really I, I began to feel that way. I, I thought it was an outside shot. Now you throw A.B. in the mix and uh, being out. And, again, good riddance. The guy, we, we were we were against the move to begin with. Uh, it happened. It didn't cause And it me was to, successful for Tampa. I mean, oh, no he doubt. was explosive like he always is. I mean, if you look at his 15 games with the Bucks, he was highly productive. Because uh, that's, why, that's why that guy, despite all the baggage and problems that he brings everywhere he goes, gets time and time again to try it again because he's that talented. So everything about that situation became predictable. Would he be good? Yes. Was he good? Yes. Is he a jerk? Yes. Did he cause headaches? Yes. Would he eventually see his tenure with this team, the Bucks, end poorly? Yes. All of that weakest, everything, that, that all happened. I'm glad he's gone. I'm tired of talking about him. But it, there's no doubt, without those two guys, it's hard to project that the Bucks are going to go and, and, and go on a run like they did last year, and it's really hard to project what the offense is going to look like. I have no idea. Those are two major cogs. Yeah, the one thing that you could say about this group of receivers that's left, they're all fast. Even Evans is fast off the line. Yeah. Grayson is a burner. He's a track guy. Right? Oh, yeah. Perriman's really fast. Yep. We, we know that from his previous stint and the limited reps we've seen this year that he could be an over-the-top threat. Tyler Johnson, all right, maybe not. He's more of your possession guy. Maybe they try and put him in the role of 12. I don't know. Scotty Miller, if he ever sees the field, is a one-trick pony, and he's over the top. It's unbelievable, though. That is just – it's almost like the O.J. Howard storyline part two. And yeah. that came out of nowhere because Scotty was a big part of what uh, defenses had to scheme against. They knew that there was going to be a shot play down the field to Scotty, and so they were worried about it. This year, he is just persona non grana. I don't know. I would say the thing about Scotty Miller as well as the thing um, – uh, I, I well – Bottom line is, I, O.J. Howard is the other guy that I was referring to in terms of there's just some consistency there coming off of injury. I just don't think those guys got back to what they had. Obviously, O.J. Howard doesn't resemble anything 
uh, of the man that we saw in the Chargers game last year. He, he, you know, that guy was about to be a breakout star, I believe. I mean, you saw Tom trusted him, was going to him, big plays. Uh, he has a unique skill set. They're saving him. It's been the decoy of all decoys. <laughs> but when you tear an Achilles, Tom, that can be a two-year deal. And I really hate it for him. Uh, I don't know him personally. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. All I'm saying is it looked like he had bought in, which he never did with Jameis. And he had bought in and was giving effort, and it was you were seeing it. And you thought, oh, well, if he's going to be the guy whose measurables tell you he's a, a problem for, for defenses, well, then we, we are going to kick a lot of ass because you would have him and Gronk plus those receivers and the quarterback. So I thought, well, this is going to be unbelievable. You look at him now, he can't move. He's the shell of himself. They don't. He's not anything. And i got to believe something similar happened, maybe not to the same degree, with Scotty Miller's injury and coming back from it, that he has, he's lost something. I don't know. Because they don't they don't use him at all. It's funny. We're talking straight over the Week 18 matchup at 425. Why would we talk yeah, about exactly. that game? No, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it's just that's where we are right now in the season where, yeah, you could be a two seed if things fall right. You could fall down to the four if things fell wrong. But what's more important is... The larger question about the offense, yep. what it's going to look like, and getting back Shaq Barrett, Levante, David on defense in time for it's the wild card round. It's all about health. It's all, this whole thing is about health. Now that we've rid ourselves of the headache and we don't have to deal with this anymore, um, just with like what happened, happened, so it's over with. You just got to get your guys right and suit up. And let's go. Let's see what happens. Because I think you would agree as we sign off. I think you would agree. A completely healthy beyond Godwin, we're not getting him back. But if you get everybody else back, that you can. Yeah, you get Lenny back. Yeah, you get Rojo. And you get Levante David back. And you right. Get, you, you get everybody back, and we're right. Let's just say everybody's healthy that can be, mm -hmm. and we go into these play Yeah, we we could scare some folks. Oh, sure. I think we could give it a scare. You go into battle with Evans on the outside and then Perriman on the other side, Grace in the slot, or you could reverse the, the last two receivers, mm -hmm. whatever, based upon the matchup. Gronk, you could sub in Brait there. Lenny, yeah, yeah, you, and that and offensive, that offensive line, line, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, you got a shot. And a defense that Hopefully presumably yeah. would bother to stop the, the rush. whole the, the elephant <laughs> in the room is there. JPP doesn't exist this year. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back on Monday to talk about it. Thanks so much as always for listening, folks. Uh, hope you're well. As I say at the beginning, I say at the end here, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks to Bill Curry Ford and JoeBucksFan.com as well. Peace.